pray it right now. Father, in English and German, it doesn't matter. That's, that's the only option we have. We can, we can run on ahead, I suppose, so that would be the other option, or we can wait. We've been waiting and waiting, and the waiting isn't over. But in this brief moment, in the coolness of this summer sanctuary, when we come to that fork in the road, give us what we need to know to make the right choice. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I think the Chinese got it right. So they were rummaging around. And how are we going to come up with the word crisis, crisis, crisis? So they talked among themselves. They said, let's put two characters together. I want to show you the Chinese word for crisis. We had two people who speak and read Chinese in first service. And we got this from Wikipedia, so we believe it's right. Those two words together, those are two pictograms. I grew up in Japan, and the Japanese use 10,000 Chinese, Chinese characters. But they're pictograms. They, they tell stories by the way they're shaped. And I don't know the stories for these two, but I'll tell you what the word means. So it's a compound word. What is crisis? Danger or dangerous. Danger or dangerous. And the other word, change point. Hmm. What's a crisis? It's a dangerous change point. Does that make sense to you? Boy, it sure makes sense to me. Medically, what's a crisis? Dangerous change point. Economically, what's a crisis? Dangerous change point. Racially, what's a crisis? Dangerous change point. You come to that fork. Do we go this way? Do we go that way? Obviously, it is a collective experience coming to these dangerous change points. It's also a private experience. Some of you are right now in a dangerous change point in your life, and it has nothing to do with COVID-19. That's okay. But are you going to go this way? Or are you going to go that way? There is, there is a cryptic superhero in the Book of Beginnings talking about a brave new world. Nobody knows much about him. We're going we're to dig just as much as we can to see if we can identify the portrait. There are actually two superheroes. Both of their names begin with the letter N in English. We're going to watch Dangerous Change Points. Which way would the superhero go? Once upon a time, when the world needed desperate divine intervention, God had a man build an ark. It got filled with animals and birds and all those creepy, crawly things. And then eight people from that man's family boarded that ark. One year and two months later, they emerged from that ark with, those, with, with that zoo. And it is a brave new world. They didn't even recognize it. One last time we go to that brave new world in this little summer mini-series that you and I have been sharing. They emerge. What are they going to do? What are they going to have to make? They're going to have to make a, a domicile for themselves. And so there are four families, mom and dad and then the three boys with their wives. That's four families. So they get the rocks and they pile them up and they have these humble little huts, rock huts, somewhere on the slopes Maybe near the summit of Mount Ararat. Yep, that's, that's talking about crisis, dangerous change points. They're at one. I've been trying to figure out in my mind, okay, so how many people, how fast could those three families, now there are four, but I figure, you know, Noah and Mrs. Noah 
you know, at the age of 600, are probably not going to have any more kids. You just don't do it after 600 anymore, do you? No, so they're not going to have any more kids. So you got three, three, three of their boys and their wives, and husbands and wives being husbands and wives, they begin to have children. So I'm trying to figure out how fast could they have those children. So I'm no mathematician. Those two girls are going to uh, Peru University. They're, they're having to do remote right now, like every university in the land. But they're, they're mathematicians. So I said, okay, I'm going to figure this out. Here's, here, here are the givens that I'm going to work with. I'm going to work with the given that the, of the three families, every family can have five children. Okay, so every family from here on out is going to have five children. They may have had 10 or 20. I mean, who knows? But I'm going to just say five. And then we're going to allow for endogamous marriages. What's that? That's a marriage that's, that takes place within the family. And by the way, endogamous marriages are not banned by God until the book Leviticus gets written. So there's a whole lot of endogamous marriaging going on. Obviously, it had to go on. All right? So we're going to allow for, uh, for those kind of marriages. And we're going to call every generation about 30 years. And then we're going we're to go for... Uh, 330 years. Now, Noah will die at 350 years after the flood. We'll just say 330 because it's easy to do the arithmetic that way. Hey, listen, so here's the number I came up with. You were doing it real fast. What did you come up with? That's what I thought. The number is 209,000 babies are born by the time Noah dies. 209,000 babies. That's a maternity ward. But, of course, that's done over a period of 330 years or 350 and even if that 209,000, Dwight, you didn't, take, you didn't take into consideration mitigating factors and, you know, infertility and all this stuff. No, I didn't do any of that. I just said five per family. Let's, let's cut it in half. Here's the point. You can get there from here. That little conclave of four families eventually, over 330 years, becomes a massive community. And they're little, these rock huts, and maybe they're using wood now. They're dotted all over the side of that mountain range. Yeah, if you want to say 100,000. But then, uh-uh, dun, 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 trouble strikes. And the community is fractured. Take a look at this. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 11. Let's go. Genesis chapter 11. I'm in the New International Version. Genesis chapter 11. Everybody knows the Tower of Babel. We're not going to that story, but it begins with these two words. These words will tell us about a split, a fracture. Talking about crisis, dangerous change points. They came to one, and one group went this way. The other group went that way. And look what we end up with. This will amaze you. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. Well, we know that. That makes sense if they're all the... Great, 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 grandma, grandpa Noah. Nobody's changing languages up there. Verse 2, and, but as people moved eastward from the mountain haven, as people moved eastward, they found a plain way down in the plain, plain in Shinar, and they settled there. They go, they moved east. They have to go east from Ararat. This is in the area of Iraq today. They say, hey, this is beautiful. Let's settle here. Now, a little book called Patriarchs and Prophets draws, gives, gives us just enough of a peek to uh, pique our curiosity. Take a look at, at Patriarchs and Prophets. Put it on the screen for you here. 
For a time, the descendants of Noah continued to dwell among the mountains. Okay, so they're all up there, 100,000, 200,000, eventually, we don't know, uh, among the mountains where the ark had rested. As their numbers increased, apostasy soon led to division. Now, one more line. Watch this. Those who desire to forget their Creator. So when time goes on, even the... uh, even though the great-great-great-grandfathers and mothers are still alive, uh, the traditions passed on in the families begin to weaken among some of them. They desire to forget their Creator and to cast off the restraint of His law. We don't, we don't have to live under this. They felt, and by the way, they felt a constant annoyance from the teaching and example of their God-fearing associates. Keep it right there. Keep it, keep it back on that screen. Because we've got teenagers sitting in this room right now, and I'm so glad that you came out. You braved it and you came out. Young adults sitting right here. You know the meaning of this. There are times when you have to take a stand, when your parents have inculcated moral values into your life. And that stand means you have to resist the crowd that you're running with. You have to resist the circle that you're hanging with. And you know what happens. They get this little, they, they get this little oh, goody two-shoes, huh, or oh, holy moly, or wh- whatever it is. And they begin to poke fun. But that begins to wear on them because you, with your, with your moral chutzpah, your moral courage, you stand as a rebuke to them. You're not doing a thing. You're just a, but it bugs them. And eventually they, they say, hey, I'm out of here. That's what's happened in the mountain range of Arafat. And the groups, the the community literally splits so that we end up with two superheroes. Both of them, in English, their name begins with N. Yeah, well, let's finish this. I guess I needed to finish this, didn't I? Uh, Let's finish the quote here. Let's go to the next one, please. And after a time, see, they decided to separate from the worshipers of God. Accordingly, they journeyed to the plain of Shinar on the banks of the river Euphrates. Now, watch this. Why were they attracted? They were attracted by the beauty of the situation and the fertility of the soil. And upon this plain, they determined to make their home. Guess what? Three chapters later, Lot does the very same thing. He says, you know what? I don't like this country living stuff. I'm going down there. Remember that? That's dangerous. Twice we're told, we can see it right now, it's dangerous. Dangerous change points. And they said, we're going that way. Hmm. Superheroes. You know, our world is awash in superheroes. Have you noticed that? I was trying to think of all the superheroes that I know, but they're so old compared with the new ones. And when I went on to Google, I said, what are the new superheroes? There are so many out there now, but you know what a superhero is. But here's the deal about superheroes. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. The deal about superheroes is they are very, they start off with a very, as a normal woman, a normal man, right? But they come to a moment in that, in that tale, they come to a moment when they have to make a choice. They can become a hero or they can become a villain. True or false? True. Some choose to go this way. Some choose to go that way. We have two men with their names beginning with N. They come to that dangerous change point and they both make opposite decisions. And we've lived with the results ever since. Watch this. Go back to chapter 10. Okay, so we were just in 11. I told you we weren't going to stay with the Tower of Babel. Go back to chapter 10. We we have now what's called the Table of Nations. This is the story of how the boys of Noah and their wives multiplied and the regions of the world they began to move to. So drop down now to verse 8, Genesis chapter 10, verse 8, and Cush... Oh, Cush is the son of Ham. Who's Ham? Ham's that boy that went into his dad's tent when his dad was naked. Remember that? 
His dad was drunk and naked. We just talked about that, didn't we? Ham is the boy that goes in there. We don't know what happened in that tent, but it was not good at all. Something is now being passed on. That moral character, or the lack thereof, is being transmitted now to generation after generation. Now you have Cush, who was the father of, here's that end boy, Nimrod. The father of Nimrod, the son, the grandson of Cush. Well, who is he? We have very little information, but watch what happens with what we have. Who became a mighty warrior on the earth. So who's the first, who is the first N superhero? It's Noah. Come on. We've already got Noah. We're sure about it. He's in the Bible Hall of Fame. He's a superhero. Now we have Nimrod. What do we know about Nimrod? Well, we just read it. He is a, he is a mighty warrior on the earth. Uh, Robert Alter, in his translation of the Hebrew Bible, renders this line, he was the first mighty man on earth. You, we could call him the first really superhero. The guy just looked like, he just looked like he had it all together in terms of courage, in terms of physique, in terms of power. He became a hero, a superhero. Now, I need to tell you that his name meant he shall rebel. Jacques de Khan says it can also mean, we shall rebel. Kind of interesting that a parent would name a child that, but who is this guy? Nimrod. Well, what else do we know? Well, just, just, let's read the, at least read the next line. What is it? Verse 9. So Nimrod, who became a mighty warrior on the earth, that's verse 8. Here comes verse 9. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. Whoa! Now, I'm not a hunter. I've never gone hunting. But I, what I've heard about hunting is that it, 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 it's, it's how you live with an, with an adrenaline rush. This stuff just happens. It, it's kill or be killed, particularly big game. And we've been to a big game park in, uh, in um, Kenya. And you know, you've got big, big game. So hunters are, are mighty people. They're not intimidated. And back then, it wasn't an AK, whatever, to take that animal down. That's it. Gotcha. We've got a superhero here who's courageous, and the people love it. People always are drawn to, uh, you know, masculine uh, fully testosteroned males, superheroes. Nimrod becomes a superhero, <laughs> living with the adrenaline rush. The only adrenaline rush I've ever gotten was I went fishing once over here by the uh, dam in, in uh, Bering Springs, and I actually, <laughs> I actually caught something. <laughs> Man, I'm talking about adrenaline rush. It only lasted a few seconds because I, I let the fish go. But you can understand that if you have the prowess for hunting, that is an adrenaline rush that rushes again and again and again. We have a superhero on our hands. His name also begins with N, Nimrod. He shall rebel. We shall rebel. Oh, is there anything more embedded here that might tell us about who this, 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 this Nimrod superhero guy is? Now, there is a little, one more key that I'm going to throw in here. Years, centuries later, after Genesis gets written by Moses, centuries later, Jews in Alexandria, Egypt, decide to translate the Hebrew Bible, and it's called a Septuagint. 
That's the Septuagint, right? So the Hebrew becomes Greek. Guess what they do? Apparently, the, the reputation of Nimrod has been festering for centuries. And when they come to this line that reads, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, they said, nope. We're not going to translate it that way. The Greek reads, and he was a mighty hunter against the Lord. Ooh. So he's a rebel. He's strong. He's a superhero. And the people just gravitate to him. They like him. They like what he stands for. Nimrod. Superhero number two. The community spits. I'll give you what you want. And where does he lead them? We know it right here. There's only one more line to help us here. We've got to unpack this. Verse 10. And the first centers of his kingdom. Hit the pause button right there. The first centers of his kingdom. I'm going to ask you a question. If you invent a kingdom, what does that make you? A king. You're a king. There hasn't been a king on this planet. But the superhero says, hey, I cleared this space for you. And by the way, it's a very small step from prowess with hunting, with hunting animals to prowess with killing humans. And I'm just going to hit a pause button right here. I, I, I just, uh, I'm just telling you, you know, you old fogey. No, I'm telling you that if every video game in your house that's being played is killing whoever steps in front of you. Pew, gotcha. Pew, gotcha. Blood splattering. Pew, gotcha. That kind of numbness to human life eventually can be acted out. And killing animals, ah, marauding animals. Hey, listen, I'm glad he was a hunter. Do you know what? Have you seen some of those fossils they found? How would you like to be on a mountain trail and you run into that saber-toothed whatever? He was delivering people. He was a hero. He was a superhero. But you can go from killing animals to killing people if you're not careful. Nimrod. Oh, what, what was that line again? He, he uh, the, the first centers of his kingdom. Okay, the, the king has a kingdom. And notice his kingdom. And notice where the headquarters is. What's the next word? The first centers of his kingdom were what? What's the first one? What's the first one? It's Babylon. Okay, where did Babylon come from? Babylon came from Babel. Hey, guess who led this little, this, this mountain fracture? Guess who led them to the plain? Guess who was the superhero that set up this alt kingdom? And I'll be your king. You're going to watch here, and in just a split second, you're going to see a portrait emerging of, oh, no, you're kidding me. No, right. Really? The first centers of his kingdom were Babylon. That's mission control. Then Uruk. Then Akkad. Then Kalneh in Shinar. From that land he went, next verse 11, he went to Assyria. There he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ur, Kala, and Resen, which is between Nineveh and Kala, which is the great city. Isn't that something? The boy whose, name's, the boy whose name means he shall rebel becomes the planter of cities. Reminds me of Cain, whose name might as well have read, He shall rebel 
and becomes the father of walled cities. Wow, what's going on here? This is crazy. A mighty warrior against the Lord. Against the Lord. Two superheroes. Noah. By the way, Noah almost got took down, if I can put it that way. He almost got took down. Somebody who knows when crises come, they are dangerous change points, was waiting for that moment. I'm going to take that man down. Mm. Who is this? Who is this mysterious, this cryptic Nimrod? He shall rebel, who makes himself the king of an alt kingdom, who sets up his headquarters in a place called Babylon. Who is he? Well, he is who he is, but it doesn't take us long to figure out who might be the actual alt king behind Nimrod. Look, here's what, here's what Nimrod did. He said, hey, guys, come on, superhero me. You follow me. You know what they get down? They get down to that plane, and you know what he, he declares? We're going to move from, we're going to move from monotheism to polytheism. We're going to have lots of gods. We're going to move from patriarchal government to monarchical government. We're going to have me as your king. And we're going to move from the quiet of outdoor living to walled fortresses that can be controlled. I mean, who's emerging from this? You seen anybody? The king of an alt kingdom who's thrown a rebellion against the government of the universe? Yeah, you don't need, you don't need a PhD. This isn't rocket science. We know who he is, this Nimrod. I'm not saying he's the personification of you-know-who. He just became the front for you-know-who. Who, you-know-who, chooses Babylon to be his headquarters and his front of the alt kingdom all the way to the return of Christ, slams Babylon one last time to the ground. Babylon will reign. Hey, when this pandemic began, I got to tell you, I said, okay, Dwight, you're going to have some time to read. <laughs> time to read. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I said, okay, let's, let's try. I don't know how long this pandemic, the lockdown is going to last, but let's read the book. I want to read the book of Great Controversy through. I'd read it a couple times. Great Controversy. It's an apocalyptic classic. By the way, you're watching right now or listening here right now. You want to get the book, just go to Amazon.com, type in Great Controversy. You can get a paperback for not very much at all. I said, I want to read that book through. And guess what? This Wednesday, wouldn't you know it, before the lockdown was lifted for worship, I read the last chapter. That reading has, has, has radically reoriented some of my thinking, and I have to share some of that with you. It is so stunning. I saw stuff I have never seen before to the place I'm determined by the grace of God that sometime during this new school year, we're going to have a series on prophecy. You know why? We have a new generation that has never heard of prophecy, and we have a not-so-new generation that has forgotten all about prophecy. And stuff is coming to us now, coming in our face so fast that I'm concerned that we might be caught, all of us, off guard and miss the moment that we were given. Miss it. We didn't see it coming. It's coming.
These dangerous change points? Are you kidding? They're going to be faster and faster. We've already had three of them. Three of them in this nation. They're going to be coming faster and faster. Ah, what's that Chinese word? Come on, let's go to that Chinese character again. Chinese. Crisis. What's it mean? Dangerous change point. COVID-19. Is this stage one of COVID-19? I'm not sure. Um, have we ever moved to stage two? Is there going to be a stage three? Nobody knows. Change point. Dangerous change point. We don't know. We have no idea. What about what's going on in your life right now? Is this a dangerous change point? <laughs> hey, by the way, please, let's, let's be very clear on this. God does not send crises. Once in a while, he does. Usually, no. You know what God does? Seizes crises. He harnesses them in order to advance his agenda in your life. His agenda in my life. You see, Noah came to that dangerous change point. Ooh, it was a little shaky there, as chapter 9 indicates. It was a little shaky, but he said, no, 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 no. He chose to submit to the God of that dangerous change point, the Almighty himself. Nimrod came to that same dangerous change point. He said, nope, I'm not going that way, which means I'll be my own king and I will rule this earth. And he went that way. That essentially is the only two choices. Those are the only two choices we have. Go with the king of the universe or me king. The point is, these change points are going to keep coming. What made the difference? Noah said, I'm going to submit to God. Whatever his agenda is, do it to me. Nimrod said, I will not submit to God. I don't care what you say or what you do. Oh, I've got to end with this. I want, you to, I want you to see this quotation. Why should you submit to God? Some of you are going through a crisis right now. You are poised in a very dangerous change point. I don't say that to scare you. I just affirm that that's where you, you are at this moment. But no, look now. One last quotation. Look what God brings out of dangerous change points. Let's go, please, to uh, Thoughts from the, Mount, from the Mount of Blessing. Last quotation. The trials of life are God's workmen to remove the impurities and roughness from our character. They're hewing. That's chopping or cutting. They're squaring. They're chiseling. They're burnishing. That's rubbing real hard. They're polishing. Whoo. Let's talk about stone. Man, that stone is beautiful now. Look at that. It's a painful process. It is hard to be pressed down to the grinding wheel. You ever seen those wheels where, the, where the, the guy sits behind the wheel and he's got a little accelerator on this thing and that wheel can go faster and he slows it down. Oh, and then he, mm, sparks going everything if he's dealing with metal. Whatever it is, it's just cutting off, cutting off. It is a painful process to be pressed against that we. But God, in his great love, I love this, is seeking to develop in us the precious graces of his spirit. Keep reading. He permits us to encounter obstacles, persecution, and hardships. In other words, crises, dangerous change points. He allows them to come. He doesn't cause them. Jesus said an enemy's done this. But he allows them to come, not as a curse, but as the greatest blessing of our lives. If you're in a change point right now, a dangerous change point, I need you to hang on to that last line. This crisis will one day be the greatest blessing of your life. Ah, come on, Dwight. No, I'm serious. Now, listen, listen. Sometimes you will never see it until the crisis is passed. One more caveat. Sometimes you will never see it in this life. A dangerous change point. <laughs>
but you said, I'm going with God. I'm not throwing God out now. I'm not abandoning him now. Oh, my. Does God know about dangerous change points? Look at Calvary. I'm standing here at the foot of the cross. Look at Calvary, the greatest crisis in the universe, a huge, dangerous change point. He could go this way. He could go that way. But he went the right way. And because Calvary conquered the alt kingdom of the fallen Lucifer, there is no crisis that can take you down, not one that can take you down. Stay with Jesus. Oh, I like that hymn. How's it go? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There, uh, precious. Come on, you can say it under the, under the, under the mask. It's not going to hurt you. Do you know the words? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There, a precious fountain free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. We're talking about mountains. Flows from Calvary's mountains. In the cross, say it with me, in the cross, be my glory ever. Till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the what? Beyond the river. Whatever it is you're going through right now, God is preaching to you at this very moment. He's saying something to your heart. He's saying, stay with me, girl. Stay with me, boy. Don't you leave me now. Don't you let go now. This is going to be one day you will see it, your shining moment, the greatest blessing I ever gave to you come from this. So stay with me. Stay with me. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen.